Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it always seems like we're in a battle. We have red states versus blue states, Democrats versus Republicans. Uh, You pick the color of your favorite team and you're battling against the opposing forces. Uh, You're always wearing the number of your favorite player. But what if we had a different kind of day? What if for one day everyone sported the same color and the same number? Well, today is that day. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Today is the 75th anniversary of a historic day in the United States of America. It is the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Uh, It was an important day and uh, one that we often look back to. Uh, Jackie Robinson was an extraordinary individual, uh, not perfect in any way, shape, or form as all of our heroes. Uh, He had his flaws and his imperfections to be sure, And he was willing to go through an extraordinary amount of uh, taunting, of persecution of all kinds, of threats of all kinds to him and to his family uh, in order to take that step and to move that forward. And so it is on this day that every player, every manager, every umpire in Major League Baseball will don the number 42 today. And they will all wear that number 42 in Dodger blue, as Jackie Robinson did uh, when he crossed that color barrier for the Dodgers back in 1947. Uh, Many of you have heard me talk about Jackie Robinson in terms of the fact that it is community and culture that lead and the politicians eventually follow. And and nothing was that more evident than in his breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. That was 1947. It took Congress 17 more years to get around to passing any kind of meaningful civil rights legislation. And so I want to focus for a minute today on Jackie Robinson, uh, his feelings about what he did, his experience. And we're going to do some of that in his own words. Back in 1952, Edward R. Murrow of NPR uh, read an essay from Jackie Robinson describing his feelings in the moment uh, of, uh, of the World Series when the national anthem began to play. At the beginning of the World Series of 1947, I experienced a completely new emotion when the national anthem was played. 
This time, I thought it was being played for me as much as for anyone else. This is organized Major League Baseball, and I am standing here with all the others, and everything that takes place includes me. So from that moment uh, in the World Series, Jackie Robinson experienced something totally new while playing the following year. It was in Atlanta, uh, and he had this moment where he recognized the progress that had been made and what was yet ahead. About a year later, I went to Atlanta, Georgia to play in an exhibition game. On the field for the first time in Atlanta, there were Negroes and whites, other Negroes besides me, and I thought, what I had always believed has come to be. And and so that was a great moment for Jackie Robinson to realize this moment that he had envisioned, this moment that he had sacrificed and suffered for, was now a reality. So the game in Atlanta showed that Robinson's belief uh, was correct, that we can move forward, that we can focus on progress. We can link arms and, and step forward together. And what is it that I have always believed? First, that imperfections are human, but that wherever human beings were given room to breathe and time to think, those imperfections would disappear no matter how slowly. One of the things that uh, Jackie Robinson said that uh, I thought was really interesting, uh, he said, whatever obstacles I found made me fight all the harder. But it would have been impossible for me to fight at all, except that I was sustained by the personal and deep-rooted belief that my fight had a chance. So despite all the obstacles that he faced, he knew he had a chance. He said it had a chance because it took place in America, in a free society. Not once was I forced to face a fight, an immovable object. Not once was the situation so cast iron rigid that I had no chance at all. Uh, I think that's an important thing to recognize that, yes, uh, this country of ours uh, is flawed. Uh, We have often lived far below the principles we profess to believe. But Jackie Robinson, in reflecting on what he had overcome in breaking that barrier, the thing that kept him fighting and kept him going was knowing he was doing this in America where he had a chance, where there was a possibility that things were not so cast iron, set in stone, uh, that he would never be able to make it happen. Uh, He continued by sharing the importance of freedom uh, and why, as humans, we have to keep striving to overcome our imperfections. I believe in the human race. I believe in the warm heart. I believe in man's integrity. I believe in the goodness of a free society. And I believe that the society can remain good only as long as we are willing to fight for it and to fight against whatever imperfections may exist. He went on to discuss uh, his children and that he knew that his children would still have obstacles, that they would still face prejudice and bias and bigotry. Uh, But he also had this hopeful outlook for his children that I think were really at the essence of what really drove Jackie Robinson uh, in this historic day 75 years ago. I look at my children now. And I know that I must still prepare them to meet obstacles and prejudices. But I can tell them, too, that they will never face some of these prejudices because other people have gone before them. And to myself, I can say, 
because progress is unalterable, many of today's dogmas will have vanished by the time they grow into adults. I can say to my children, there is a chance for you. No guarantee, but a chance. I love that. No guarantee, but a chance. And I, I love that whole idea of there is a chance. And so while we continue to fight against prejudice and bias and many of the negative forces in our society, there is a chance. And the only reason there is a chance is because of this place that we do call the United States of America and that we can look forward, uh, that we are not doomed to a losing fight, uh, that we're not uh, banished uh, to live out in a static state, that there is opportunity for progress if we're willing, if we have the courage, if we recognize what those who have gone before have, have done for us and that we need to do for the next generation. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.